You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Always Draft Season podcast, part of the PacNet Podcast Network. I'm Jake Trevink here. As always with me, Mason Thompson. Mason, how you doing? We're recording on a Saturday. You guys are now hearing this podcast at a new time. Uh, we have jumped to the Friday slot uh, as we draw closer to college football. I think it makes sense, and I think the network as a whole kind of a good decision to kind of move it to this spot. So this is where we'll kind of be. Maybe when we get back to draft season, we'll be we'll be kind of changing it uh, back to Monday. But for now, we'll be in the Friday slot. Mason, how you doing? Pretty good. Just kind of a exciting weekend with Fourth of July coming up. I have a few plans. Not anything real exciting, but going up to Minnesota and then Fargo in the next week. So that'll be really exciting. And then back home. So exciting couple of weeks before I move back to Whitewater. Yeah. So uh, we've got an exciting few weeks as well here. Um, we are continuing to move through this new timeline in the draft we've gotten through the 2018 draft got through 2019 draft there's a lot that's different um if you haven't listened to those two you should listen to those two but if you have great here we go 2020 nfl draft redraft in the new timeline mason had the odds i had the evens mason let's kick us off here at pick number one so in this draft, it was kind of a clear and obvious who was going to be number one at the time, which was Joe Burrow. Um, spoiler, we're going to stick with that. I understand if you want to throw in Justin Herbert's name, but I just kind of thought that with the whole entire scheme that Zach Taylor runs, it's kind of easier for Burrow just to flop right in instead of Herbert. Uh, that's kind of the route I took. Um, unsure what's going to happen next year with everything. Uh, we have uh, This is also the T. Higgins draft, so we'll see what end up, ends up happening there if he ends up leaving, but I felt like this was just a kind of easy spot to kind of stand pat and then watch Jake kind of have the difficult decision at number two. Yeah, this, um, even if you took Herbert, I do think it was going to be difficult anyway. Yeah. Washington commanders at two, obviously taking chase young, totally fine. That's a good thing. You know, I expect a big year this year for him. Just couldn't, just couldn't do it. I, I couldn't hang on to that idea of picking him here. I went with Justin Herbert. You just have to. I know Carson Wentz is there. I just can't imagine that that's going to be a needle mover. He wasn't really that much of a needle mover in, in Indy. Game on the line, season on the line. Just really crapped the bet against Jacksonville. We can't have that. Justin Herbert now really changes a lot of things. This team looks really good now Yes, uh, with Justin Herbert in the building. And now for those who have kind of been trying to piece this along and follow along with us, 2018, they got Minka Fitzpatrick. 2019, we hang on to Terry McLaurin. 
And now we've got a guy who can absolutely feed this dude targets uh, in Justin Herbert. The Herbert McLaurin connection, a special one. We've got some other weapons in house. Tight end position looks good. Offensive line looks good. Like this is a good team with Herbert at the helm now. At number three, the Lions took Jeffrey Okuda. That has not worked out thus far. Um, could potentially pick that up this year. He's dealt with some injuries and a staff that really, with uh, underneath uh, Matt Patricia in the first year, that was kind of not the greatest. Uh, we're going to stick with the same position, and this might be a little bit early in some people's opinions, but just watching A.J. Terrell, you don't hear his name as much just because of how good he does. He doesn't get targeted very often in Atlanta. It is the Falcons, so you don't hear much about him anyways. Um, but just Jeff Okuda has not panned out thus far. I know they do have Amani Oruwarie still on the roster uh, as a good number two, but having Terrell instead of Okuda pushes that secondary even further off the board, and they did end up taking Jesse Bates earlier in one of the other redrafts. So that secondary is looking really nice now. I can understand a tackle potentially uh, with uh, Sewell coming up next year, potentially not getting him back. But I felt like this was probably the best way to go to kind of just upgrade at a position that hasn't really worked out thus far. Yeah, I like that. I, I think whether or not Akuda, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he, he comes back from everything he's dealt with to this point. There's obviously talk about him moving to safety, all that. We'll see how that goes. Um, made things... Nice and easy, I think, at four. You could split hairs. Like, like we talked, like Mason kind of talked about at one. You could really split hairs here. I do think Tristan Wirfs is the better player. However, I mean, the 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 leap that Andrew Thomas took uh, in his second season, I think gives me enough to be like, yeah, I'm gonna, just going to stick with it. I think that they're going to be just fine with him on the left side. I think he is sort of proving really that he is at least the very least tackle two in this, in this loaded group up top. So we're just going to stick with it. I, I could split hairs, like I said, and take Tristan Wirfs at, at four for the giants, but I'm going to just stick with Thomas. I think it makes sense. At number five, this was honestly like a really difficult decision for me. I was between like three players here, one that went next. And then the next guy went right after that. Um, but obviously it isn't going to be too well here. Uh, they, the Dolphins do have two picks later on, so maybe that's a selection there. But the offensive line has been miserable so far, even though they do have Teron Armstead at left tackle now. That right tackle spot has needed some work, and now we plug just plug and play Tristan Works there. It's It was kind of an easier decision as I kind of looked at it, just because looking at the roster overall, next year you could potentially get Waddle back, maybe. Um, but just that idea of getting a tackle and just plugging and playing and just having both tackle spots. Sure. For a year, like a good few years. Yeah. I, I like that. I'm kind of ticked as, as the chargers at six, because you're not, <laughs> I, I was like, well, okay, you're not going to get Herbert. So I'm going to pick Herbert for the commanders, but if I can get Tristan Wirfs at six, we're cooking. Here's the problem. So the chargers didn't get a chance to get Wirfs, and it would be, make total sense to go tackle like they're probably not going to get let's be honest with ourselves they're probably not getting slater now yeah uh in the 2021 draft unfortunately leave some holes uh for them but i said screw it man uh, um the top <laughs> two in my opinion and tackle are off the board you could again you could go wills here i think that would make sense i just said screw it let's take justin jefferson and really throw start throwing wrenches into this in this 2020 nfl yeah. draft here in the redraft process 
give the Chargers their guy at receiver now that the receiver room is loaded. Uh, actually, I it might there might not be a better room. Uh, maybe hope that Slater falls. Uh, I've got something yeah. kind of in mind potentially as well. Um, as we move through the next two drafts for them, I do think they're going to be set up okay here. Jefferson gives you a downfield target as well. Uh, like Mike Williams can do, but he's also Keenan Allen in the same way that this dude's just a natural separator everywhere. He's a phenomenal pick. I'm not sure why he wasn't really ranked as wide receiver one. Uh, looking back on it now, just again, where people just kind of pigeonholed to be like, oh, he plays slot in this offense. Yeah. And it was like, well, okay. But like when he's manned up in the SEC in the slot, guess what? Nobody can stop him. So the production was off the charts. His release, the route running was always fantastic for him. So this is just giving the Chargers another weapon. Hopefully they find their quarterback at some point here in this. In this some point. point. Yeah. Um, next up was the uh, – why am I blanking? I don't have Carolina. it up. Uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this was the Derek Brown selection uh, with Chase Young still sitting there. This was kind of an easy selection, especially with Brian Burns uh, now in Green Bay in this scenario. Um, it was just – a. It was kind of an easy selection. I do want to say that this was by far the most like fun I've had with the one of our redrafts thus far. Just the kind of like just everything just getting spread out. And it was just yeah. kind of a mismatch of this guy's still good, but we're not picking him because this guy's here. But it was just honestly a really fun draft. So I thought Chase Young, it's plug and play. You play him in Carolina. You have uh gross motto still. It's a good depending on what happens up in the next few years, because even you might not get back Jeremy Chin here in this draft as well. So it's going to be a little bit different here for Carolina. And the good news for Carolina fans is if you have been listening, right? Got Deron Payne two drafts ago. Yeah. So it's not like defensive line is in trouble or anything like that. Chase just, again, gives you that. Obviously didn't get burns, but I like where they're at uh, on, the def- on the defensive side of things, honestly. Um, so Cardinals at eight. They took Isaiah Simmons here. Um, they Their track record with linebackers has been dreadful. Uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to make sure after securing Kyler Murray uh, in this in the past draft, get him more protection on the offensive line. Uh, DJ Humphreys has been okay. Right side of the line still a question mark. Let's just get Jedrick Wills here, who has experience playing on the right side. He's got the footwork. Honestly, I think he's been – very solid through two years in Cleveland. He hasn't been like the superstar that Worfs is or made that major leap that Thomas has, but he's been downright solid. I expect to hear his name a little bit more this year uh, in Cleveland, depending on how things shake out at quarterback, whether or not they're going to run the ball more, whether or not protection is going to matter a lot more with a guy like Jacoby Brissett, potentially playing quarterback. I think you're going to hear his name a lot more. Get him into Arizona, protect Kyler Murray. At number nine, I could have taken the last tackle on the board in Kai Becton. I thought it would be a fun and interesting idea. We did send Michael Gallup to Jacksonville in a previous redraft. Uh, I just sent C.D. Lamb there as well. You got Lamb, Gallup, Kirk, Marvin Jones, LaVisca. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's playing quarterback, which we'll figure that out next year. Spoiler alert. It's pretty, obvious. <laughs> yeah. it's pretty obvious who's going to be quarterback there. Um could have taken Tackle, but I feel like next year potentially could be decent. Maybe they end up taking a guy you mentioned earlier. Uh, we'll figure that out 
as time goes on, but I felt like getting CD Lamb and just pairing him with that receiving room, which looks a lot better now, was probably the better idea. Yeah, we're just taking Dallas and kind of moving it over yeah. um, to Jacksonville. No problems. Uh, yeah. We got a nice flight, you know, very efficient. We're, we're moving them all over. And that's Jacksonville, like you said, is loaded in the receiver room. Good news for that number one pick next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Browns here at 10 next up. They've been one of the more interesting teams to follow, I think, as we've gone through this because they have Josh Allen. Right. And while they haven't done much else to this, oh, they got Vita Vea as well in that draft, by the way. Yes. Yeah. So didn't do anything in the last one, I think, right? They didn't have a pick. I don't think they did now. Correctly. Yeah. I don't think they picked. So give a new opportunity here. Finally get back on the board. Got to get one of the tackles, in my opinion. So we're going to get Makai Beckton. He's been a little inconsistent, but he's big. Strong, powerful, athletic player. You're just going to put him on the left side. Feel pretty confident in, in, in an offense that with Josh Allen, you know, if his pass protection isn't great, you believe in Josh Allen to escape, to make plays on his own a little bit. But again, that's it's over the replacement of who you're going to play there right now based on who we see on this roster. But yeah. Kai Becton is a clear upgrade. Him and Conklin should be very, very good for Allen uh, in this timeline. So I, I like what the Browns are building as well. The AFC still powerful as as we know it is today. So I actually kind of ran into a little bit of trouble here with this uh, Jets selection. I didn't really necessarily know who to take because I just sent you a message, I think, and I was like, I'm going to screw up the 2022 draft right now. And I'm like, oh, it's not. We'll figure that out at a later point. Oh, um, yeah, because – oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was like maybe corner, maybe receiver. There's a ton of guys on the board, but I said, screw it. We're going to continue to build up the secondary in the safety room. Uh, and we're just going to build Tampa Bay. They have Jordan Whitehead. So why not just insert Antoine Winfield? In? And it makes perfect sense. Do you still have Marcus Joyner and Ashton Davis? Sure. But you can figure it out. Yeah. I Ashton Davis has not. Um... You know, really figured it out. So this is, yeah, a huge upgrade. Antoine Woodfield, not sure why he wasn't a first-round pick uh, two years ago. I'm on record for that, too, so it's not, like, totally hindsight, but it was just kind of weird yeah, that no. he lasted as long as he did. I think until, what, like, pick 44 or 45 or something, whatever yeah, something Tampa's like other that. pick was. Yeah. That was kind of wild to me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that – kind of opens the door for kind of this sort of safety avalanche that kind of occurred the rest of the draft here. Uh, the Raiders needed some help in this area too at safety. Uh, I know they got Merrig uh, in the 2021 NFL draft. I have a feeling that probably won't happen um, when we do the 2021 um, version of this timeline, but they've been good so far getting rag now, AJ Brown, they get Byron Murphy, they get Draymond Jones, and they hang on to Colton Miller. This unit and just Josh Jacobs. To... Oh, yeah, and they hung on to Josh Jacobs, too. So, like, they're kind of loaded. Edge rusher, obviously a need uh, as well here. But there just weren't anybody that I was dying to get inside the top 12. So, Jeremy Chin is the selection here for the Raiders, who, again, kind of can play some linebacker, play some box, play some slot, but he's a good enough athlete to do a lot of different things uh, in this defense. And 
based on kind of what they do at pick 19, we can kind of talk them kind of circle back to where Jeremy Chin is going to play. But right now he's kind of a do it all safety for these guys. At 13, Tampa Bay has, uh, they did take Tristan works who somehow just fell to them in their lap. Stupid. Um, that's not going to happen. Obviously the top four tackles are gone. Uh, so that kind of left us with, with me because they have issues in the secondary. Obviously now Antoine Winfield's gone. Jordan Wayad's gone. A few of the corners went last draft. So we're just going to stick Trayvon Diggs and hopefully that kind of just, we get the Trayvon Diggs that gets all the interceptions and not gives up all the yards in Tampa Bay. I like this because uh, Todd Bowles is a gambler. Oh yeah. And so like to have the ultimate gambler at corner in Diggs, um, who makes a ton of plays, give him credit for those. I mean, to have that many interceptions is insane. I just feel like the marriage of Diggs and Bowles is like, yeah. When you made the pick, I was like, mm, really at 13, but then I'm like, ah, but it's Tampa yeah. though. Like with Bowles, that's just something I feel like Bowles would love them. Uh, fantastic pick there. So the Niners moved down with the Bucks, one pick, uh, if you guys remember. And they had this pick from the Colts, uh, who got DeForest Buckner from them um, way back when. The original pick, Javon Kinlaw, has not gone perfectly. Injuries have kind of played a part in that. We're going to go a little bit safer here. We're going to take Derek Brown. Derek Brown's still on the board. Pretty good three-down type of player. I feel like, again, in Carolina, just not a lot of hype around him. And he's been quietly, consistently doing his job. And that's kind of what the Niners need him to do here is just, again, stuff the run, add a little bit as a pass rusher. He can do that. And, and it gives you a unit with Armstead, with Bosa, you know, D Ford still there. I think Brown gives you a little bit more consistency there to give uh, this unit some serious juice uh, to get after guys in the NFC West. Um, so Denver on the clock at 15, that probably most, I think I was eyeing that up. That was just right in line. I said, that was not very nice of you when you picked Derek Brown. Um <laughs> So I kind of had to like research all over what we've done to Denver so far. Um, they, again, the receiving room is going to look a little bit different and there's a lot of speed right now. With Hollywood Brown, you got KJ Hamler. So why not just add in T Higgins for Russell Wilson? You're going to, you still are going to have Melvin Gordon, at least maybe not Devante. You got a good offensive line going. The defensive line could use work. We'll figure that out at a later point, hopefully. But Hollywood Brown, T. Higgins, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, and those two tight ends. Sure. Yeah. I don't see why not. Um, yeah, I mean, the, Higgins is basically your Sutton now. And, I mean, he's been phenomenal. His first two seasons, uh, really, really good in Cincinnati. Um Yes, maybe a little bit overlooked because he was a tall guy who didn't really test very well, um, but he's been way more than fine uh, down there. They have Russ in the new timeline. They have T Higgins, Hollywood Brown. That's a great combination. Tim Patrick still got some stuff at tight end, but I think again, another AFC team that's kind of rounding themselves out really, really well to round out the first half of this, uh, the Atlanta Falcons on the clock. They took AJ Terrell um, got a lot of Got a lot of flack for that selection. Turns out he's the best corner from the class. Um, so, of course. And this was, uh, Mason said, as, as I was getting ready to make this pick, he's like, do the fun thing. 
said, do the fun thing. I'm like, what's the fun thing? Oh, and then I realized immediately <laughs> what the fun thing is. And I mean, there's no way he doesn't get picked in the first round when you do a redraft of this because he's just been that good. So we got Arthur Smith, right? He likes to run. So Jonathan Taylor is the selection here for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this is super cool because they've got like three running backs um, because <laughs> they've got Jonathan Taylor. Now they've got Debo who can play running back. They've got Cordero Patterson who can play running back. This is like the dream for, for Arthur Smith. You've got playmakers on playmakers. Still got to sort out quarterback. We'll yeah. see what happens when we do this next redraft. We'll see if anything changes. Um but right now the playmakers are looking pretty good with Debo and Jonathan Taylor leading the way uh, in Atlanta, but now they've got the workhorse running back. Don't have to rely on Mariota at this point, at this point, Mariota uh, to do everything for them. So I, again, another team that's with a lot of picks, they're stacking up talent here and Jonathan Taylor kind of falls into their laps in a good spot. So we are going to take a short break for you guys, and we'll be back with the second half of round one. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, back here with It's Always Draft Season. Part two of the mock starting at pick 17. Mason, the floor is yours. So as you have heard from prior, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now the Cowboys. Uh, they have both Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. And now the Dallas also doesn't have Amari Cooper. So unless you want your number one receiver to be James Washington or potentially um, – why am I blanking so much today? Uh, Jalen Tolbert. Tolbert, yes. Uh, you add another receiver to the fold, and that guy is Michael Pittman Jr., uh, kind of an easy selection here. 
honestly, because you cannot leave without a new receiver uh, in this class. It was still good. So, yeah. Kept it short and sweet to make this pick yes. extra long here. Yes. So this pick took a while, days, uh, d- days, literally days. Uh, so the Dolphins took Tristan Wirfs at five. Uh, here they took Austin Jackson in the 2020 <laughs> NFL draft. Horrible selection. Most everybody knew that. Um, it was. It looked like a panic move. Here we took our time. No panic. Well, there was panic. It was which quarterback <laughs> do you take here? Because, because, right, we have the the privilege of knowing what the next two quarterback classes look like. Yes. And to tell me at like you, you're gonna take one at six next year, forego the opportunity to select Jalen Waddle. And they probably won't get some well, they could get maybe Davis Mills at 18. Uh, next year that's yeah. a possibility just realizing it now um but honestly like i was probably still leaning quarterback here anyway I, I just feel like the dolphins are kind of that's where they need to look at this point um also that's the other thing do you want to lose javon holland next year do you want to get yeah. him with one of those two picks as well probably going to need to and then you have 2022 where there's no QB. Also, you don't have a pick, by the way, because you Tyree have Tyreek Hill. Hill. So this is kind of it. I don't think you're going to get – you probably won't potentially get any of the top four. So do you want Mac Jones or Zach Wilson, I think, at that pick at, at six? I don't know. So I I actually didn't take to a tongue of Iloa here. I actually went with Jalen Hurts, who the Philadelphia Eagles took in the 50s in the second round of this draft. So here was the thought process. You're getting a quarterback who can scramble a little bit more than Tua can. It's just how it is. Uh, I do think Tua is a better pure passer than Hurts. However, I like the idea of Mike McDaniel having his own light version of Trey Lance to you can add QB power to your scheme while also giving him more confidence to potentially throw over the middle of the field once you presumably have Hill and Waddle both. Potentially. And potentially. Um, but I think Hertz gives you a little bit better chance. Now, you have Armstead and Wirfs, so maybe that's enough for Tua. I think you could argue that 100%. However, I think Hertz has played better than Tongue of Iloa at this point. Yeah. And... At some point, you can hold on to it and hope, okay, this is the year. Or you can go with the guy who continues to get better, even since his freshman year at Bama, right? Where you looked at him and you thought, this guy can't throw. There's a reason they're not throwing it at all. To going to Oklahoma, getting more reps with Lincoln Riley, and you go, okay, the deep ball's got some, there's something there to work with. And as he continues to keep going, we're going to get to, know a lot of Jalen Hurts this year. There's going to be a lot of talk. They've got A.J. Brown. they got Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith in that timeline. This one, now we're going to Miami. Protection's good yeah. there, just like it is in Philly. So we're going to get a good look at them uh, in this new timeline for the Dolphins. And that's and- why I kind of leaned Hurts over, over to there, just because, again, you're going to get a little bit more scrambling. You're going to add some QB power to your scheme. But it, it was not an easy, easy to do. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were not very happy that you had that pick. It was like what, three no. days, four days? Yeah, I was not happy about it. I just I left it alone for a while. I was not pleased. Um One so more. at 19, the Raiders, they took Jeremy Chin earlier. Um, I'm going to do something that is kind of weird. Uh, Jeremy Chen can play pretty much all over. You do have two slot guys. Well, I don't know if you're going to play one of Murphy or Hobbs outside. We'll see. Um, it's like uh, it's going to be weird. I'm just going to say that. So I just did something that kind of just came to mind. I'm like, that secondary still needs work. Your safety room isn't that great still right now outside of Jeremy Chen. You have Tyree Gillespie and then Deron Harmon. So I took a guy similar to Andrew Thomas, who's kind of been thrown under the radar because he's on the Giants, but I took Xavier McKinney. Um, you could run a lot more once one high safety now with us. Have Chin in the box, do whatever you want with Murphy, uh, Mullen and then Hobbs, and then you have McKinney on the back end to kind of save you a little bit because he was doing that this year. Because if you look at the L22 at some of these games, you don't notice it until you actually like dive deep. So I felt like getting McKinney and then you have Chin and then you kind of the secondary is looking a lot better than it does in real life. Now, obviously that probably takes you out of the running for Barry next year, but still. Yeah, I mean, uh, McKinney has played some box, who did so at Alabama. He kind of moved all over as well. Gives you a lot of options. I like that. Very, very different. I don't think I've seen that ever uh, in a 2020 redraft. Not that there's been a lot of opportunity for them, but there's definitely been a healthy amount Yeah, that have, have graced the pages of the blogosphere. Um, Jaguars at 20. Now, this pick was originally Caleb on Chase on. Probably still going to get him. Uh, I don't think he's going to get picked. Spoiler alert. Uh, The Jaguars were in a weird spot because I felt like positionally there wasn't something that like really stood out to where I'm like, oh, this is an easy selection. You could be like, oh, well, they could go edge. Well, it's like, okay, John Grenard, Daryl Taylor. Sound like a top 20 pick to you? No. Maybe this guy doesn't either who I picked. I don't know. But like corner, they look okay. Linebacker, they they look okay. Offensive tackle, they kind of look okay. Like they might be okay there. Um, ben Barch, maybe move him to tackle. Maybe you try him there. I went Michael Onwenu. I I think I would have loved to have center here. There just was not a center worth taking here either. So Onwenu burst on the scene was really really good for the Pages as a rookie. Um, not maybe as dominant last year, but still a really good player. Again. We know where the Jaguars are building towards. It's not a secret. They've got two number one picks overall in the okay. next two redrafts. So let's just make sure this offensive line's looking clean. And I think Anwenu gives you another uh, another guard next to Sheriff, wherever wherever you want to play either of those guys, gives you solid foundation there. At 21, uh, the Eagles do not have Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown this scenario right now we'll see about Devontae Smith next year AJ Brown is now on the Raiders paired with Devontae Adams and all those other weapons that they have so there are still a few receivers on here they did end up taking Jalen Rager here uh we're just gonna leave that as is (laughs) 
So I chose. You're going to leave it as is? You're taking Rager? Wow. No, no. <laughs> I'm just not going to talk about it. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to take Brandon Ayuk here. Uh, getting away from Kyle Shanahan that just kind of did not want to use him very much earlier this last year. Uh, came around at towards the end of the year. He was kind of really good towards the end of the year, but you're going to still, spoiler alert, end up with Rager in this scenario. You have Quez Watkins. You might end up with another receiver next year or the year after. We'll see. But getting a receiver here, whether it be Ayuk or a few of the guys that may go later, was kind of a necessity in my opinion. So that's kind of the route I took. Yeah, I like it. I, I think adding more explosiveness, quick release type of – yeah, I mean – there's no reason he shouldn't break out. I mean, I, you can Debo with Trey Lance in our real timeline is going to be a lot of fun to watch Vikings yeah. at 22. Obviously Justin Jefferson, not here long gone 16 picks ago uh, because he's the top receiver in the class had some options. I didn't think Jalen Johnson was going to be available. So I thought, okay, we'll probably just give them cam Dantzler. Easy enough. Quick transition, but no. Uh, so Jalen Johnson's the pick here. I do think offers you a little bit more if you're going to be in a lot more man coverage. And I do think that's where Cam Dantzler operates really well. But I do think Johnson's got the high football IQ to play off man, man zone, whatever you want. I know his grades have been bad. He is I, I PFF scale at corner and at linebacker are two things I question heavily. Yeah. Um, I don't know under, or understand what that scale is. So I am i don't buy into the single number for this player through two seasons. I think he's been very, very good. I think he has probably been corner three to this yeah. point. You could argue maybe Dantzler has An maybe Sneed, Legere Sneed. Yeah. I still think it's probably Johnson at this point. So again, Vikings still got a lot to defend in the north. And the NFC in general, uh, the, quietly, the Atlanta Falcons are starting to pile up some <laughs> some dudes. The Packers have DJ Moore now. Got to make sure we stop it. The pass. Now Jalen Johnson, Sean Bunting. Pretty good duo we've got there in Minnesota now. Yeah, 23. The Chargers right now do not have a quarterback. Um, they do have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and <laughs> I guess Justin Jefferson. Does the offensive line potentially need some work? Yes. We'll get there. Jake says he has a plan. We got two years to I figure that plan. out. <laughs> we have two years to figure that out. So could I potentially take a corner here? Potentially. Cam Dantzler still there. Legereus Sneed. Yeah. My biggest issue is are any of these quarterbacks next year going to be available? Because it's not sounding like Rashawn Slater is even going to be available. It's going to be an interesting draft. With all so the next year's looking rough. Talent. Could you potentially get a Davis Mills or even Mac Jones, Zach Wilson? Maybe. But you might as well just take the quarterback here now. So we're going to take Tua here. He's got a plethora of weapons. Does he ever. So we'll figure out the offensive line later. We'll figure out what to do at corner because that's looking rough right now a little bit outside of JC. Maybe they don't end up with a Sante. They don't got JC. That's right. They don't. They don't have him. <laughs> they don't. We'll figure out corner maybe. It's maybe fine. They don't end up with the Sunday Samuel. It's, it's fine. just we're we're gonna we're gonna play pack uh, Big Twelve football. We're not gonna play defense. We're just gonna score seventy points a game. 
But yeah, she was the pick here, and we'll see how the rest goes for the Chargers. The good news is they have Braden Smith. Yes, that's a huge deal, right? And tackles. Corey Lindsay still. Yeah, they, they've they're okay on the offensive line. They're better than what we've known in the early 2010s. But two of being distributed to Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams yeah. sounds pretty good to me. Uh, and like you said, I think there's a plan in place to to fix left tackle if Slater is not available. So, yeah, we'll get there. Um, but I like that for the Chargers, especially because Kenneth Murray was that initial selection. They move up 14 spots with the Patriots to make that. Move. Yikes. Not ideal. Um, especially considering who else was in this linebacker class. Uh Saints at 24, they went Cesar Ruiz. That's kind of been meh as a pick. He's kind of been depth slash sometimes filling in at guard and hasn't been like the best there. Good chance they still hang on to him. Um, I'm going to give him Raekwon Davis here. I think the defensive line gets is really legit now uh, with a run stuffing playmaker like that with Anyamata as well. Davis gives you an opportunity to let some of these guys loose on the outside. Also gives you an opportunity to free up some absolute heat seeking missiles into Mario Davis and Darius Leonard. This front seven is legit. Uh, Even the back seven looks okay as well. This defense looks incredible. I, this is one of my favorite kind of NFC teams that have kind of not had a lot compared to some other teams in this point through three drafts, but I think they've come away just fine. Can we pause for a second? Go back. So the 49ers in this scenario, they took Brandon Ayuk, who is, uh, let's just say, off the board. They don't have Debo Samuel in this scenario either. So they're really hurting for some receiver depth, uh, just top of it in general. Um, I know Kyle Shanahan's been kind of hit or miss taking receivers. We had talked about Dante Pettis, Jalen Hurd. All those guys, a little, I think, in a previous episode. So we're going to end up taking uh, Darnell Mooney here. Uh, I've been a consistent kind of contributor for the Bears. No reason he should have lasted as long as he did at all. Uh, that was kind of the surprise of the draft to all those draft geeks at the time, and it's proven that we were correct. So you plug Mooney in here and hope that maybe, well, you're not going to get a receiver next year potentially. Maybe. I don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback position there. It's going to be interesting in this next draft as they took Trey Lance. We're going to figure it out, though. Uh, Maybe a receiver, maybe. Uh, We'll figure that out. But right now they have Darnell Mooney and Juwan Jennings as their top two heading into 2021. Not great. Not great. No. But Mooney's explosive gives gives you plenty as a Z, as a two. See what they can do about their one. Green Bay Packers on the clock here. So, Jordan Love, not going to be the pick here. However, did lose Darnell Savage recently. Yes. Also, not a lot in the linebacker category either here for Green Bay. At this Why time. not solve? Yeah, at this time. Why not solve both problems? <laughs> Um, immediately Isaiah Simmons at 26. I mean, yes. Just think about like, again, you, you look at some of these guys with all the 
physical gifts and the tools and you kind of, uh, they go to a place where you're like, ah, they just haven't figured out development at all. Some of the coaching has just not been good for him uh, in Arizona to put it lightly. Lightly, yeah. uh, Green Bay, I think, gives Simmons either you a give him a defined role at safety, which I love the idea, considering he's flashed the range before and you know his speed, you know how he fast he plays. He also is physical enough and can get around would be blockers as a linebacker. Now, maybe you don't play him in both spots and you kind of leave him at safety. I think that's totally fine that gives you basically like this, like souped up, maybe yeah. F FBI IQ as good as Kyle Hamilton or anything, but it gives you like this just freakish safety on your defense where, I mean, Hey, let's be honest. Packers fans kind of, kind of buzzing, kind of really enjoying how much everybody's hyping up Quay Walker. Who's, you know, extremely physically gifted. So Isaiah Simmons, let's let's just do that a couple years earlier in this timeline and get a, another freak of nature in, in Green Bay. So at 27 in this draft, the Seahawks did what the Seahawks do. Well, before this year, that was. Um, they took Jordan Brooks, who wasn't really expected to be a first-round pick. It has surprisingly gone very well. Not real, I wouldn't necessarily say very well, just good, to the point where Bobby Wagner was expendable, apparently. Yeah. Um, but we're going to not take Jordan Brooks here. We'll see what happens towards the end of this round. Uh, if he stays in Seattle, what happens? But one key weakness on Seattle, well, there's a lot. Let's just be real. Um, if you look at the secondary, those four names read Trey Brown, Sidney Jones, Kobe Bryant, and Tariq Woolen. Um, while I'm a big fan of Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, Sidney Jones has been solid. Cameron Dantzler would immediately become the number one here in Seattle. So that is the route we're going to take. Uh, maybe Sidney Jones on the outside. We'll figure out what happens outside of that. But I felt like dancing was kind of the easy selection here. Yeah. He's been, he's been a, a good corner to this point. Uh, so Ravens at 28. Now Jordan we've done a there. lot. We've done a lot. Jordan loves available. Um, uh, no. So the one thing I maybe thought of, although corner looks good, it's, you know, the health is a little concerning. Maybe Legereus Sneed would have been an option here. Wouldn't hate that. I'd like edge Daryl Taylor. Meh, not like thrilled with that. I'm just going to add more uh, to the, to the cupboard for whoever plays quarterback for this franchise at some point uh, when we figured that out. Um, Jerry Judy still available here really hasn't lived up to any billing of being that 15th overall selection to this point. Um, all the guys who have gone before him have played better than him to this point. Uh, maybe you don't want to hear it that Darnell Mooney's been better than him. He has, that's just, that's it. That's the reality of the situation here. Ayuk, Pittman, Higgins, Lamb, Jefferson, like they've all been better. I don't think personally you can make the argument for Claypool, even though the numbers are better. Yeah. Like Claypool had a lot of touchdowns, but he in one year yeah. outside of that. And that was worth three in one game that season two. Was it was it wasn't it yes. four? It was like three or four on that one I think game. It, was, That's it might have been four. Against, total up, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I think Claypool's got his own things to work out in year three, as does Judy. But I like the explosiveness and the route running that Judy brings to the table. Now you've got two really nice separators in Deontay Johnson and Jerry Judy on this Ravens team with Saquon Barkley, with Mark Andrews. Find me that quarterback at some point here. I guess Jordan Love maybe makes sense, but nah, we'll figure that. We'll figure it out. Uh, We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. There's a plan. At 29, uh, Tennessee unfortunately took Isaiah Wilson, who is – out of the league pretty much at this point. I don't know if he's still sticking around on the Giants practice squad or what's going on there. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but that was mostly – that was clear in a way the worst selection of this draft. Uh, we're going to steal a divisional rivals player here. Uh, Jonathan Grenard has been outstanding honestly, for Houston. They do currently, uh, if you look at Tennessee's roster in this timeline right now, Bud Dupree is still there. But outside of him, Rashad Weaver isn't really going to do much. So let's just – well, let's just be honest here. The Texans are going to have some issues because they're probably not going to get Davis Mills back. So why not just kind of clear the cupboard for Houston and just take away their stud young pass rusher as well and Bernard and just plug him into Tennessee, who still has a need. So there we go. This is becoming petty. Yeah. Divisional like player stealing. Uh, it's funny. It's good though. Makes sense for the Titans. I mean, I think they've got some names who could maybe emerge from a crop uh, on the offensive line. So hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Miami Dolphins at 30. This pick was originally Noah Igbenogany. Um, <laughs> not gone well. I mean, let's, he was a, a late convert to corner. Um, I still don't understand the selection. It hasn't worked. Um, Now, there's some decent running backs available. Maybe like Daryl Taylor. Maybe thought, oh, that makes sense. They still got Ogba. Still a chance they could go with Phillips or Pay next year. Uh, Zizo Jolari, perhaps. A lot of guys. So, no guarantees with Javon Holland. So I'm going to pick Grant Delpit with the idea of this would be the year of the breakout potentially for him. He's got the range and ball skills. We all know that. Add him to the room right now that has Eric Rowe and Brandon Jones. I, I think there's definitely room for growth there. As much as Brandon Jones is, as Mason talked about him at the break, solid. Um, I think Delpit gives you game-changing ability on the back end that you don't yet have, unfortunately. Um, but – Delbert could be that guy for you. So Jake just mentioned divisional stealing. Uh, that's going to happen here. But first, Minnesota at 31. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff Glanny did not work out for them. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, we did take a corner. Uh, who did we take for that? Because we took uh, Jalen Johnson. Yes. So you're taking away from the Bears. You're going to take away from the Lions here because the guard spot in Minnesota is not looking great. They did take Ed Ingram in the first in the third round. That would have been weird if they took him in the first round. Whoa. Um, they took Ed Ingram in the third round this year, and they also have Wyatt Davis, who has not worked out as another yeah. third round pick a few years ago. So we're gonna take Jonah Jackson here, who's been a style piece for the Detroit offensive line. Uh, we know that Questy just kind of was like, here, Lions, you can take Jamison Williams, and here, Green Bay, you can take Christian Watson. But uh 
we're going to act like Questa says, you know what, we're going to take Jonah Jackson and Jalen Johnson as a result, even though, yeah. Yeah. Two divisional steals that really help you out uh, in Minnesota for sure. Rounding out this mock, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if if we didn't have the rule in place that guys would just go to your team if they weren't picked, and we were actually going through this completely, I'd be like, okay, Legarius Sneed is here, no problem. We're taking him. Can't let anybody get him. Good news though for Chiefs fans, we got him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. So let's steal someone from someone else at this point, knowing that Legarius Sneed isn't going anywhere. So you look at they've lost Orlando Brown. That was a huge loss for them uh, as we started this thing. Interior, they're not great either. I imagine they're going to lose more guys in that process as well. Yeah. Yikes, not great for you there, but... Also, because, by the way, they don't have a pick in the first round next year because of that Orlando Brown trade. Yes. Not ideal right now uh, for the Chiefs. So that's why I'm giving them Ezra Cleveland here, who was a tackle at Boise State, moved into guard for the Vikings, has played very well, actually, at guard. Uh, Athletic tools are there. Maybe the Chiefs could get this guy out to tackle. It's an option. If not, you have a guard now who, again, you have Tooney, Probably going to hang on to Darian Kennard uh, after the 2022 redraft that we do. Yeah. So it gives you maybe another chance to say, okay, Kennard or Cleveland, try a tackle, see what doesn't work, put you guys yeah. in the interior if you don't, and you've got a position that's that's working out for you with Cleveland there to finish it. So that's kind of it for us uh, for this 2020 redraft here in the first. Mason, anybody surprise you that we didn't take? I mean, if you look... Obviously, there's plenty of running backs available. Uh, you got DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, uh, throw Antonio Gibson and A.J. Dillon in there. Uh, you talked about Chase Claypool. Maybe like a Van Jefferson could have been talked about. Um, if Minnesota, Minnesota, I was honestly between Jonah Jackson or even John Runyon at that point because he's been solid. Uh, Daryl Taylor, we mentioned him a few times. But if you look, three linebackers stay with their respective teams with Jordan Brooks staying in Seattle. Patrick Queen to Baltimore, then Logan Wilson with Cincinnati. That's huge for those respective teams, not having to worry about those. Uh, in Baltimore's case, you get Jerry Judy plus uh, Patrick Queen and then Cameron Dantzler and Jordan Brooks for Seattle. So those teams kind of really doing better than they did at getting those two pieces back plus uh, another corner and receiver. Uh, but, yeah, obviously the Jerry Sneed, we are talking about him at the end. So, But the real question is, what happens with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers again? Well, we know. Got some MVPs. That's that's good news. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I will say Seattle, yeah, you mentioned them. They come away with, with Dantzler. It's interesting that we had literally three players they picked on here. Brooks, Darrell Taylor, Damian Lewis as well. Mm-hmm. Seattle drafted really well in, in 20, believe it or not. And they hang on to all of them. That's a huge win. Robert Hunt was another one probably could have brought up here for Miami yeah. at guard guy who was, I believe in the top 40 selected. Yes. I want to say, um, yeah. so I think that maybe is shocker, um, as well, but overall, yeah, like we said, the running backs could maybe have been selected here. I just, there weren't a lot of 
a lot of avenues to do so. Maybe we take Jeffrey Akuda at some point at the end of this round. Maybe. Yeah. So that's now they've a got possibility, they've got but Okuda and Terrell. So that's looking a lot better with Jesse Bates. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean the Lions definitely come out a winner here, but yeah, I mean if I mean Devon Hamilton maybe goes, yeah, put him on there to just a, just as a maybe. Obviously, Raekwon Davis goes here, but the Jags hanging on to him is a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean they're definitely some winners here. Miami, I think, kind of changing course a little bit is, as a winner for them. Obviously, the Chargers are a huge loser, uh, missing out yeah. on Justin Herbert. Now they do get Tua with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Instead. Now that's not necessarily an upgrade because how good Herbert is, but I mean it's not horrible. They they found a way. Panthers getting Chase Young is a nice win for them. Again, the Jaguars are going to keep winning because they have so many picks and because we yes. know how good these players are. I do think the Raiders also won though, two safeties. Just kind of precursor to what they did in 2021. We're kind of doing it early. Mason decided took like four safeties. Yeah. Mason decided we're just going to do that early. We're going to make that part of the timeline just earlier. Um, I mean, Green Bay was automatically going to win. Yeah. Because probably getting Jordan Love to hang on to plus a player. Yeah. That's nice. Mason, you did mention San Francisco being a loser as well. That definitely hurts them. So I just want to say, like, we've, They've lost Fred Warner to Miami, and then you're gonna lose. You lose Debo to Atlanta, and now you now you lose Brandon Ayuk. Yes, you have Darnell Mooney, but next year is really gonna be like a turning point a little bit. Do you take a quarterback? Do you take do you just, a Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Pitts? It's, do you just do? Do you hang on to Jimmy? It's really question. an interesting study because after like one. You don't really know. Yeah. Maybe you know too right now. Like, maybe. Unless we're going a different direction. At yeah. That it's, might happen, folks. Not going to lie. Yeah. Maybe the Jets take a different player at two, and then they can still get a Davis Mills or even Zach Wilson with their later selection. We'll see. Yeah. There's a lot, really interesting. a lot to unpack because of the star power that 2021 brought. Where will Sewell go? Where will Slater go? Humphrey, probably not escaping the first, folks. I, I'm thinking. That We're almost the second yeah. somehow. Also, important note, Baltimore, two selections. Yes. They're at the back half, but there are two more selections that they could put to uh, the roster if they do not get a QB. So a lot, a lot to unpack in the next one. We hope you guys enjoyed this. This has been fun. Three, three of the five years in, and a lot has changed, and it's really cool. Um, Mason, do you want to plug some of your stuff before we get out? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Thompson22Mason, working on some of the bigger training camp storylines right now, heading into it as we get near the season. Going to be doing a little bit more, kind of a bigger focus on the draft for next year, and then some rookies that can immediately start day one that were selected on day three. Those are some upcoming ideas I have. Yeah, you can follow me at Jake NFL Draft on Twitter. Just posted something actually on CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Absolutely outstanding, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. That was that took a few weeks to put together. Um, if you want to check that out, it's on risingdraft.com. Rise N Draft. 
Uh.com. Yes. So check that out if you would like. Um, you probably find on my Twitter though as well. But yeah, that'll kind of do it for us for this episode. Like we said, we are moving to Friday, so you will hear this on a Friday. We will again the eighth is when you'll hear this. Fifteenth is when we'll get twenty twenty one, and then we'll finish up with the twenty two draft. It's going to be a lot of fun, and that's kind of been a cool way for us to kind of get through this off season. So by the time you hear basically the new the the last uh, redraft we do. Training camp will have been underway for some teams. So we'll get to talk about maybe some rookies and what we're hearing as far as, you know, from the draft to that point. And we're obviously summer scouting is going to get underway as well. So hope you guys stay tuned for that and enjoy all of the shows on the Packernet podcast feed. We will see you guys in the next one. Farewell.